B2C business, the blog and podcast for game changers and innovators in the construction industry. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the AEC Business Podcast. I'm Arni Heiskanen and a couple of days ago I had a visitor from Australia in our Helsinki office. He is Gordon A. Geddes, CEO of Link Systems. We were talking about innovation and especially innovation in building envelopes. Welcome, Gordon. Great to have you as a guest. Yeah, it's good to be here after after being in contact with you for so long. First of all, can you say a few words about yourself and what got you interested in innovating in the construction industry? It's hard to talk about myself because I'm a sort of uh, complex guy, but um, basically at the core of me, I'm quite simple. I'm a, I guess I'm a uh, sort of intrepid adventurer with an incurable affliction. That is, I have an insatiable curiosity. Uh, I have to see what's around the next corner, and preferably, I like to be there first, and, uh, which means I often get into uncomfortable and, and unfamiliar situations. However, I, I love science. I love designing and building things. I love seeing things, seeing the process of designing uh, from, from start to finish from the imagination to the reality of new things. So basically, it's the whole, it's a very human process and I just love it. The whole creative process is is fascinating to me. For example, I love watching children, how they learn and experience things. And that, that, well, that constantly amuses and it fascinates me. So how does this apply to what I'm doing now? Well, (coughs) over the years of designing and innovating and installing, building envelopes. I've developed a a deep and intuitive knowledge of building envelope science and now I'm trying to apply this to the innovation of completely new systems. I've grown to appreciate the potential of converging many new technologies, some from within and many from without the building industry, and applying that to the innovation of completely new new building applications with much more advanced levels of performance and functionality. I've also grown to appreciate that the incremental innovation and development of building applications has not kept up with the innovation and development of these many new technologies as they could be applied to the innovation of new building applications. So I've also grown to appreciate that it is no longer possible for the incremental innovation of advanced building applications to keep up with the potential of these new technologies, as many of them are actually growing up exponential hockey stick shaped development curves. If we want to move on from here, we now have to disruptively in reinvent and reinnovate by combining old and new technologies and, and new and novel ways. So, yeah, so this has been my journey from being somebody with an insatiable curiosity to, I think, being a, 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 having a small part to play in trying to move technology, building technology into, into the future. Well, you mentioned already um, uh, building envelopes and, and you talk about responsive building envelopes. What are they? Building envelopes never really have been passive. 
I mean, there's a lot going on dealing with um, temperature, um, moisture gradients, etc. Um, but essentially, the, the first function of a building envelope is to protect the building and its occupants, and and the second is decorating the building and giving it its character. With the exponential innovation and development of many new technologies, such as solar energy systems, new graphites, graphene and expanded carbon, new nanomaterials, and new levels of computing power, such as artificial intelligence, new robotic manufacturing systems, we now have the opportunity to include many more passive and acting, active functions into the building, and particularly into the building envelope. So actually, as we innovate these new building applications and systems, we should now be thinking of building envelopes as becoming active and multifunctional and capable of functioning more like skins, like building skins. So uh, we need to think that they have a sentience, that they can, they can feel their environment. They will be able to interact with and respond to external and an external environmental changes in a much more organic and responsive way. So the building will actually have intelligence and uh, a lot of that intelligence will come through the building skin just like it does for us. If we think of an example, energy for example, advanced buildings will become energy prosumers. And they will go about producing, distributing, and managing their own energy, uh, responding to fluctuating demands and energy inputs and demands. So, yeah, I guess that's uh, a small part of what a responsive building skins uh, will do. They will do other things. They will uh, clean air. They'll they'll be uh, able to clean air, become basically scrubbers, air scrubbers. Um, they will manage the amount of light that comes into a building. Um, so there's many, many more levels of functionality that will be incorporated into the building envelope. If we are thinking about the traditional way of building envelopes, um, what, are the, what are the problems with those traditional ways and uh, how have companies tried to solve these problems so far? Actually, that's a, I've thought about that question a, a bit, and it's quite a difficult question to answer because it's, um, if we look at traditional building envelopes in the minds of, of, of the building industry, industry, there really isn't any problems. I mean, they function as they have been designed to perform, you know, within the limitations of existing technologies available, uh, and some of them perform very well and have for many years. The problem now is really that uh, is, is that we are not taking the new opportunities for, for much better performances and, and, and completely new functionalities in, uh, to be incorporated and innovated into the building envelope. The problem now is that as we, as we build buildings now, we're missing out on all these opportunities uh, that, that are available. Um, the, and I think as the building companies as building companies and as a building industry, we just have not been able to keep pace with and assimilate the the possibilities that the that new technology offers. Um, we just have not been able to keep up with the exponential growth of these technologies. Um, and many of these technologies, to be fair on the construction industry, 
uh, are being developed outside our industry and now we have to incorporate them into the re-innovation of, of, of new applications and, and, and the building industry is attempting to, to manage this um, and they're attempting to manage change by speeding up the incremental innovation of, of existing systems and applications and you know, well, they're attempting to keep pace with change uh, and and uh, and some of them are trying very hard, but by trying to extend the applications and systems they are familiar with and comfortable with, they're not really trying to completely reinvent new ones, bringing in the, the these technologies that have that have come outside the industry. And and that's difficult. I mean, it's a difficult process. Uh, building science is a complex matrix, matrix of interdependent, uh, interdependent specialized industries. And they, these specialized industries tend to operate as discrete subsystems in their own space. Um, and this has worked out very well because they've been able to become cost efficient and they've um, optimized the technologies they're familiar with. But now it's become a disadvantage and impediment because now we, we've lost an overarching appreciation of how buildings function as an ecosystem or as an organism. Um, and now we have to think of all this and how we create these new ecosystems um, <clears throat> and how each specific application fits into that ecosystem. Um, so it's complex and, uh, and, and uh, we need to, I guess, relearn as an industry. You, you think that the, it's time for disruptive innovation right now. Why is it now? I, I look at this as two gaps that are growing. In my, it's a metaphor in my own mind. The first, uh, they're both opportunity gaps. The first is that the uh, there is a growing gap between what is now and, and a growing expectation of what's possible. And you put this with the growing gap between the, uh, where we are with our applications and the technology opportunity to create completely new applications. I mean, basically every technology has its limitations of scale. It comes to a point where um, you cannot improve it substantially any further. And if you want to go further, you have to completely reinvent. And the building industry has reached that point. Um, and it not only has it reached that point, it has the opportunity to create and innovate completely new uh, applications with much better performances, much better performances in terms of sustainability, much better performances in terms of uh, energy efficiency and also uh, the ability for the building to, to create its own energy and manage its own, its own systems. I mean, if you look at the, uh, the thinkers in the building industry and, you, and, you, and the language they are developing to describe their vision for, its, for, for advanced buildings, you can see that they sense that there's these new opportunities for disruptive innovation. And, uh, and, and they want to encourage that. So they're, they're spreading this, their expectations, I guess, and their anticipation for, for completely new systems. And, and, um, 
groups like social architects, city planners, sustainable advocates, and renewable energy advocates are, are all participating in forums like this one in Bern uh, in, in October, is it? Where they talk about intelligent buildings. So they have the, uh, an idea of what an intelligent building and what a, a, an advanced building should perform like. They don't necessarily know what, what it takes to create those. Uh, and I doubt if they, many of them fully appreciate that the changes they're advocating uh, are going to be so disruptive. Uh, uh, but they will be. I am not always sure that many of these guys uh, fully appreciate the challenges of actually having to reinvent these uh, applications. I think, I think many of them assume, like the rest of the industry, that we will achieve their vision for advanced uh, futurist buildings, if you like, through incremental innovation. But anyway, I, I mean, I guess that's a providence of academics. Real world realities should not always have to interfere with the realities created in the minds. But for people like us, who actually have to innovate these new realities into being, well, we're, we're actually forced to deal with the real world realities, the laws of physics, and of, of actually innovating new building applications and systems that need to be manufactured and fabricated and installed. Um, so yeah, the, a lot of it's in, in the detail of these innovations. But we, we are finding ways to move beyond the limitations and, uh, and, and actually innovate new applications. So uh, while, while these guys don't necessarily fully appreciate the, what's required, their conversations are serving a very useful uh, service um, through their think tanks and their workshops and their forums. They have created uh, a high level of expectation and anticipation uh, for the emergence of these new buildings, uh, not only just uh, through the building industry, but through governments and, and uh, through, uh, other agencies. So if we look at the, the technology opportunity to, to create these new innovations, and we put that together with this high level of expectation, uh, then I think we can safely say that the building industry has uh, reached a tipping point, that there's a tipping point that um, in which disruptive innovation can occur. Uh, and, and disruptive innovation is not just a technology disruption, obviously it's an industry disruption. The, um, the, the construction industry, like every, every industry, becomes a, a sort of social cultural uh, system and that's going to be disrupted. So the, the, when we're talking about disruption, we are actually talking about uh, a disruption of the way we do business as well as what happens in the building. And so these are all, you know, some of them will be painful and difficult. Um, but I think the time is, 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 uh, is right for, for this to happen. And um, for those of us who, who appreciate that and able to, to get into uh, genuine uh, innovation and disruption, uh, it'll be an exciting and interesting time. And for those who, who can't, uh, for whatever reason, it's going to be uh, a painful time. But it's going to happen. It's, it's, one, it's inevitable. This environment will not, uh, will not go away. What are your plans for the future? What are you going to do in regard uh, to innovation? 
we've developed, I guess, the pivotal technology for for building skins, and that is uh, a new way of integrating many technologies into into the building facade or roof. Um, it's uh, pivotal technology in that it is able to uh, integrate many building materials and many different uh, functionalities into the building skin. And yeah, I mean that is going to be just one driver in, uh, in the development of advanced applications. Um, so I guess you could say our, our assembly system, our Lynx assembly system is a disruptive technology that goes beyond the limitations of existing uh, assembly systems. And yeah, it's, it's actually been interesting, uh, interesting working with it because as we've worked with this and, and got more familiar with other technologies like solar technology and other technology, it's like we've all of a sudden uh, popped up into a completely new frontier of, of, of opportunity and appreciation of what's out there. It's like, uh, you know, we're just a completely new sort of uh, wild west frontier. And, um, and so we, s we see more and more clearly um, what has to be done. It's taken, it was a lot of hard work to get there. Um, and basically keeping up with these possibilities is, is a lifetime's work. I mean, it could be the subject of many PhDs and in uh, a, a completely new way of, of, of appreciating what can happen. So I see my role as actually creating uh, the commercial opportunities for, for obviously for, for the Lynx assembly system, but also for many other uh, companies that have technologies that, that can be integrated into the, into the building, uh, the building skins. And as we, as we do that, um, then the opportunity to innovate the way the building works inside the building will, will, will come up as well. I mean, the way uh, we manage uh, uh, climate control inside the buildings uh, can be fundamentally changed. And uh, so there's going to be a lot of spin-offs um, on, on innovation based on, first of all, changes from the building skin. So if we can play a small role as a company in, in um, encouraging that, we'd be, we'd be keen to see that happen. Many of our listeners got very interested in, in your ideas and, and what you mentioned about the, what you're doing right now. Uh, how can our listeners contact you and get more information? Uh, it's only just in the last uh, two months that um, uh, we have come out from underground. We've uh, secured patents uh, for, for all our technology. And uh, at this point in time, we're securing heads of agreement with complementary technologies, which we expect to have secured over the next six weeks. And once that happens, then, then we will have the time <laughs> and the energy to, to uh, engage with other parties. Um, and, uh, and we will have uh, more information out there under, under our website for Link Systems. Um, I guess what we're saying is we're, we're not really generally available right now, but give us six weeks, we will be very available. So this was, uh, this was a great teaser. <laughs> so yes, I'm afraid, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's All right. Um, I think the other thing is to, to, to realize that what we've done is it has been a collaborated effort we couldn't have done it on ourselves. We, with ourselves, we had 
we had people who were specialists in, in different technologies to make up our innovation team. And uh, so we, we were able to be, well, particularly myself, disrupted in our thinking. So we were able to get outside our traditional way of thinking and think of new ways. And I think if anybody else is, is looking to get into disruptive innovation, they also need to, to be pushed outside their comfort zones and they need to bring in uh, people from outside their industries. I mean, if you're in the steel industry, get somebody from the polymer industry into your innovation team. Yeah. Even if what they uh, say doesn't make sense, it will force, it will force you to think about uh, new ways. And I think um, uh, that'll be a way, it's in my advice to companies who, who's, who see this disruption coming down the pipe and they want to, they want to get involved. I think um, uh, it's not easy, it's, uh, it can be a little painful, but um, if you get involved, it'll be, uh, eventually it'll become fun and interesting. All right. Thank you very much, Gordon, and all the best to your work and, and your future. Thank you. It's been, uh, thanks for inviting us to be here. And, uh, and we, we will be around. Uh, we, we, we've got some projects here in Europe, uh, so we'll be here and uh, we'll keep in touch.